Wake the neighbors and phone the kids. It's about time for WSLM's newest show. Get ready for Kentuckiana Sports Talk, the biggest and only local sports talk show in Kentuckiana. Focusing on Southern Indiana and Kentucky high school sports, regional college sports, and national sports news. If you want to talk to the KST guys, George Browning and Blair Thompson, call the KST Talk Line at 812-883-3401. Keep your comments brief and to the point, or Becky will throw a flag and take you out of the game. And now we go into Studio A inside the Pinewood Studios of WSLM for Kentuckiana Sports Talk with George and Blair. Get ready for Kentuckiana Sports Talk. All right, happy Monday. Uh, Busy, busy weekend around here. Uh, George Browning and Blair Thompson, Kentuckiana Sports Talk. Blair, the big news. Got to kick it off, right? We got to talk yeah. about the news coming out of Louisville yesterday afternoon. Kind of kind of treading on some NFL waters with uh, Louisville firing Coach Bobby Petrino. What you, would you think when you heard that? Well, I mean, I, like I said earlier to, to Greg, I think you know, if I'm going to get fired and I get paid $14 million, it may not be as bad a day as, as what <laughs> some people may think, right? Right. If you're going to, there's unemployment and then there's a $14 million buyout. <laughs> that's not that's not a bad gig to get. But still, when you're a football coach, right. you want to win games and you want to do the best you can. So uh, were you surprised that it happened with two games left to play? Yeah. I mean, especially with the, you know, the big game coming up at the end of the season for them. And, uh, but, you know, the, the Clemson game was so one-sided. I mean, it was an embarrassment. Even though you know, the Florida State game was too, it was just the the way they competed. I think, and um, there must have been something else going on behind the scenes. I mean, I, I read they didn't let him back into the facility after the after the game, so uh, I thought that was kind of weird. You know, that they didn't even let him come into the building. Um, so I, I, you know, it's. Right now, I mean, I'm a big fan of of, the, of Mac, the, the basketball coach. I don't think they got that. I think they'll have that turned around real soon down there. Uh, they need to get somebody, which we think we know who that is, but uh, somebody has to come down and write, and write the ship for the mess they have right now. Absolutely. You know, I thought uh, I, I, all a year early, and I've been on this show, said, hey, I don't think Petrino's going to go. I think, you know, he had a bad – he's having a bad year. They lost uh, – you know, Lamar Jackson, they lost Jair Alexander is, is right, one of the top right. defensive rookies of the year, a starting safety for the Packers. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you watch Green Bay play this year, Jair has been everywhere. All I mean, uh, I knew he was good. I didn't know how good he was until I watched the NFL this year. So, you know, U of L lost a lot from last year's team. So I, I, I think Cardinal fans were, you know, the, a little uh, quick. Knee-jerk reaction with it, but let's get rid of the coach. But on the other side of that coin, I explained to somebody, you had an assistant coach uh, arrested in the offseason for a DUI. You know, Petrino's had a pretty shady history. Uh, So you got that going on. And then you got players transferring. And then the ultimate, the ultimate for a coach, Blair, empty seats. Right. Which which hasn't happened in Louisville forever. Right. Empty seats means they're not buying beer. I mean, I'm thinking Papa John Stadium <laughs> hasn't been hasn't been full or hasn't not been full. I mean, what since it's built probably, right? Absolutely. You I know, mean, even in the even in the uh the the late the late John L era, I mean, they were packed. Um, you know, the guy that went to te- uh, the guy with the Texas um uh, Charlie Strong. Charlie, you know, they was packed even even when they were losing, it was still packed. Absolutely. So empty seats means you're not buying. I always say, I, I told somebody earlier today, I, I go to games and I'm a tightwad and I say, I'm not, I'm, I'm not spending anything. I got my ticket. I'm going to be thirsty. I'm just going to sit there and hold my ground. And about midway through the second quarter, I, I got a presso and a pop. <laughs> I, I can't hold out. I, I'm just not strong enough. So even you know, and a president and a pop, I just dropped fifteen dollars. Yeah, so at least, they, right? you know, if fifty-five thousand people 
are, are dropping fifteen dollars each to get a drink and a and a snack. That's a lot of money. So ultimately, fourteen million dollars is a lot of money. But empty seats, fourteen million dollars doesn't take long to uh, get Make to that point. Up. Yeah, I just it's really surprised me that they were okay with paying that kind of money. I mean, I know they have to because of the contract, but if they didn't fire and they wouldn't have to. But I mean, you know, their legal fees that they're spending right now for everything that's going on down there, sure. uh, the loss of Papa John's name on their stadium, the money that they're going to lose on that end of the deal. Um, it, it's, it's really surprising to me that they, I think that they went ahead and did it, but um, you know, I'm sure there were some boosters involved. I mean, they've lost seven football games in a row, and you know, if you the money also talks on the other end of that too. You know, and if they want to get, if they wanted to make a move for Coach Brom and Purdue, they maybe wanted to get in early. In case, in, 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 you know, like I said earlier last week, if you remember, I said USC's out there also. So you know, maybe they wanted to get done and say, hey, look, Coach, we want you, know, we want you to come here before the USC jumps on the train. Well, and if not USC, who else? And we'll get to the Brom thing uh, soon enough. That 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 is the other thing we were going to talk about tonight. You think usually when a, uh, one of our local teams in our area here in Southern Indiana that make a move like this, fire a coach, the other fan bases just kind of get to sit back and watch how it all unfolds. Right. Well, this is one of those instances where it happens. Now you got another fan base that's kind of watching anxiously. Uh, does this mean we're going to be looking for a coach here in, in a month or so as well? But I, I, I said, Brom has, when you hear USC is interested, if, if USC is interested, so are other teams. So Brom has certainly built up some uh, credibility that, right. that other, other bigger name, I mean, UT, Tennessee came, came calling last right. year and they, and, and he said there was interest on his end. They Tennessee kind of dropped the ball, or, or he would be coaching the Vols this right. year. And, uh, you know, for him to turn that down and stay at Purdue, I, I think there was a vote of confidence there for the, the Boiler fans, but uh, he's looking for the right opportunity. Right, and I think – I mean, it's just like anything else. You know, when, when your home comes calling, it's a different story. You know, and not only did Coach – Brom play at Louisville. He's with the high school in Louisville, and the, the as you know more than anybody, the Brom name in Louisville is 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 pretty synopsis. You know, and I think that um, I think it's one of those things that um, you know when home calls is a different story. You know, absolutely. And for those of you who don't know, I know you're probably hey IU fans, Purdue fans turning in and like I don't want to hear about all this U of L stuff, but but we're going to kick off the show with it. You think about Petrino's history. He replaced John L. Smith, right? Uh, when John L. left to coach Michigan State, and, and he stayed at Louisville, uh, left Louisville to go coach the Atlanta Falcons, and that was such a, such a short stint. Uh, people don't remember that, but he left Atlanta mid mid season. Right. He hated the NFL so much he went to coach Arkansas. Got a little trouble down there. Got in a little trouble down there. Uh, uh, had a motorcycle wreck, which is harmless, but yeah. it, it was the passenger right. on the motorcycle yeah. accident that that got a little bit of attention. <clears throat> so. Uh, then it, it took a year or two off, ended up at Western Kentucky, did a nice job there, kind of turned that program around pretty quickly. Hired Coach Brom. Hired Coach Brom. Uh, then he got rehired at, at Louisville, and, and he's been there ever since. And, and then the news yesterday that he was – that's just kind of a quick review of the Petrino era at L that ended uh, kind of abruptly yesterday. Reports were coming out after the Syracuse game Friday night that it was going to happen over the weekend. Uh and it certainly did yesterday. The press conference by uh, Vince Tyra uh, happened around uh, two o'clock yesterday afternoon. And uh, well, and I think you know what you just mentioned. I think you know we got to remember his past too. You sure. know, it's not like they just it's not like this up and, and fired him. I mean, they did, but you know, he bailed on the Falcons. He had an incident at. Arkansas. I'm sure it wasn't squeaky clean. Was in Louisville the first time. I mean, you know, those coaches don't just oh, I'm going to do something that's kind of out of character for the first time, you know. And 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 uh, so I think that you know his past had a lot to do with do with it. Lots lot like Coach Knight, you know, when Coach Knight ended up getting fired at, at Indiana. It wasn't his first rodeo, you know what I mean. So uh, I think that has had a lot to do with you know his past had a lot to do with it also. So. Uh, pretty pretty interesting. Did you see uh, this is a t- side tangent but uh, did you see that uh, Zach Smith from Ohio State the 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 assistant coach who I like to, you know this is a boy Buckeye thing so I like to throw out there. They got in trouble for 
allegedly abusing his wife and Coach Meyer swept it under the rug and all this. Well, allegedly. He was, he was back at it again over the weekend. And last night he had sent a, a uh, text message to uh, Coach Herman at Texas and was going off saying that he was a bad person and he was going to let everybody know what was going on. And, and he, he had uh, photos and videos and he was going to post them all because if he didn't stop, because he was blaming Coach Herman for for outing him, basically, and uh, Coach Herman's resp- posted it back onto the Twitter, and uh, all he wrote back was, uh, "Okay, hook 'em horns." <laughs> <laughs> it said, "Okay, cool, right. hook 'em horns." Right. So I thought it was pretty interesting to see the, you know these guys, grown men, acting you know acting that way. But uh, you're making all this money. How about just coaching football? Right, it's kind of revealing about the character of the person, even if if all the details weren't necessarily mm-hmm. true. Uh, and, and and you know that's Coach Petrino. You know when when uh, Tom Jurich hired him back, he said, "Hey, you know we were pretty unhappy when this guy left here the first time, and here's some reasons why he didn't treat people well. Right. Uh, he, he he wasn't real involved in the community. He you know he just wasn't that likable. And he, when he came, he he's kind of been better this time around with those things, but almost." Okay, you get a better Bobby, but he hasn't won like he did right, the first time right, around. Right. Sure, he had a Heisman Trophy winner, but uh, Lamar Jackson is a beast. Right. <laughs> I don't know how much Bobby had to do with that. He stepped on campus a beast. Right. So uh, I think I probably could have coached him, <laughs> you know, won some football games there. But but what the, what does this have to do with you, our listeners? It's Purdue. I right. mean, right, that's the biggie. Uh, Coach Brom is the number one name being targeted. Uh, like Blair said earlier, not only did he play at Louisville Trinity, uh, you know, around these parts, Blair, we heard a lot about uh, Brownstown's streak back right. in the early 2000s where they won 50 games, regular season games in a row, somewhere around there. Well, Brom had a legitimate 50-some-odd game winning streak in right. high school where they won state championships. Right. It wasn't just regular season. Right. He won three state titles in a row. Uh, <laughs> and here's an aside for you. A friend of mine calls me up, you know, the winning streak was at about 50-something, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine calls me up and says, hey, you want to go watch Brom? He had committed to Louisville. He's playing for Trinity. They were playing Louisville Holy Cross that night. And I said, why would we go watch that game? Trinity is going to win that by 40 touchdowns, right. whatever they want to win it by. And he said, I don't know. It's 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 close. We're going to see Brom. Let's go check it out. We did, and Holy Cross knocks off Trinity <laughs> that night. 14-13, I believe, was the final and uh, ended the streak. Nice. So uh, it was just crazy. To so you were the bad night. omen. I guess. <laughs> you know, that night we were rooting against Brown. Oh, okay, I'm with uh, you. Just to see Holy Cross. Right, knock him off. Uh, hey, when you can slay the giant. And, and Trinity football is the giant in right. Louisville. And, and, you know, that's really what I wanted to talk about as it relates to Purdue. I want to pick your brain. You know, you grew up in Indiana. You know kind of the way uh, – Indiana fans think, and I don't mean just Indiana University, right. but Purdue fans think. If get inside, tell me why, from a fan's perspective, Coach Brom should stay at Purdue. You told me before we came yeah. on the air, you think Purdue's a better job. Yeah, I, I mean, I, as hot as Clemson is right now, I mean, you know, they're getting the number one recruiting classes every year. Every year, Florida State's not going to stay down. It's not going to happen. I mean, they just have too many athletes down there. Um, and every year, Louisville's going to have to knock off Clemson and or Florida State to be in the ACC championship game. Um, and, and, you know, Boston College is in that. You know, and, and it, there's a couple, you know, maybe maybe uh, NC State possibly. But um, on Purdue's side of the bracket, you got Wisconsin, Northwestern, Nebraska, who's awful, but they probably may, may be better. Illinois. I mean, I, I just feel like that winning that side of the Big Ten is an easier gig than winning the side that Louisville's on in the ACC. Right, and, and I can see where you're coming from there, and that makes a lot of sense. That's a great argument. You're playing for the Big Ten championships. The road to the, the Big Ten championship is a lot easier right. at Purdue than the road to the ACC championship is through Clemson and Florida State. Right, uh, right now. Right now. I mean, and, and that's – and if – you're going to be judged as a, as a coach. It's like you know, we talked about earlier. It's like coming into the MSC. You know, you're going to go to you know, say say I take a job at Clarksville, and and all of a sudden I got to compete in against Brownstown, Salem, North Harrison, Silver Creek. I mean, and, and they may only give me two years, and we may not win a game because the competition is so well. It's like we talked about this year with Salem starting the season the way they did. You know, we 
you know, and, and with, if, I mean, it, Braun would probably have a, lo- a longer leash a little because of who he is, obviously. But, you know, if you, if you take a job, you got to go in and win. And if you can't go to somewhere and win, I mean, Purdue got blown out by Minnesota, a, a game we thought Indiana should have won last week. Absolutely. And it wasn't even close. And, and so, you know, and then, and then again, you know, he may be saying, oh, man, I'm, I'm still far away from where I want to be. So maybe I do want to go to Louisville. So um, I, I think you could probably look at it both ways. But like I said, um, it's home. So, you know, it's, it's a different story, you know. Well, there's the selling point for me. And, you know, if I say, why would Brom stay in Purdue, it would be that, that, hey, you know, he's got some uh, equity built up there mm-hmm. now. You know, a Purdue is a place where – you know, he, he's won some people over. And, and hey, he, he chose Purdue over Tennessee to stay. And from a fan base and from an administrative standpoint, you're going to get it a year or two. You know, he started this year 0-3, and, and I think some people may have said, oh, man, I wasn't expecting that. But at Still the had same a chance. time, they weren't calling for, oh, this guy was a fraud. Right. You know, so their fan base is realistic. Well, and they had a chance to play for the Big Ten. I mean, Northwestern loses Saturday. They had a chance to be in the That's title. That's right. Right, and, and I think he gets time for that. If he's in contention to play in that game, if he keeps the uh, the bucket right. uh, more than he loses it, right. Purdue fans are going to be content with that. Uh, well, beating Ohio State and probably one of the biggest victories Purdue's ever had, um, that's going to buy you some time there too. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and you know, so that I think about those sort of things. It's a good place to raise a family. You know, he's a, he is a family guy. It's a four-hour drive, five-hour drive from Louisville. So you're not talking about right. the family can get there right. for every weekend home game, and they do. Oscar Brom, his dad. Uh, I watched a little bit of the Black and Gold show on the. Uh, preseason and his dad is is in love with West Lafayette so there's that uh but on the flip side of that it's like you said uh 502 is home for him you know it's where he played his high school ball he owns a house there still uh and, and let's not forget his director of football operations at Purdue is his brother. <laughs> Might be somebody who, who knows. Played right? at yeah. His quarterback coach <laughs> is a quarterback from Trinity High School who's his brother. Uh, there's a lot of other ties there. And, and it's just different when you walk out of your house in your hometown. And you know this, you, you coach mm-hmm. at the place where you played and, and the place where you graduated. Right. Uh, it just feels good to coach at home, even if it's not – for a Big Ten championship, right. or even if the road is tougher, in your mind, you you got the confidence that you can take your hometown team to the places you want to take it. Right. You always have a, you know, you always have that goal in mind that you know that that when it's your turn, you have a chance to, to maybe do some things. And you know, he, he was able to take Louisville bat, or Louisville's football, excuse me, to another level as a player too. And and I think that uh, you know, he kind of started. I mean, I know Coach Schellenberger was was pretty good, but there was a downtime there. And then all of a sudden, you know, him and um, the the other kid that was the quarterback that uh, ended up playing running back for for Louisville went to mail. Uh, Michael Bush, yeah, Michael Bush. I mean, those two guys. I mean, kind of escalated Louisville to what to what he, what they're at now. So um, I think he's gone, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely see. And again, Coach Brom is, uh, you know, he, he <laughs> Big Ten. That that was part of the reason Schnellenberger beat Alabama in right. that controversial Fiesta Bowl, where uh, Arizona wasn't past the Martin Luther King holiday, and Louisville got the got the bid because the team boycotted that. Right. Uh, and and of course we beat Alabama in that bowl game. But then a few years later, a legit bowl win. Brom was leading the way in the Liberty Bowl against Michigan State and really, really put it on right. them. And, and that was really one the of the big turning of the tides there on the map right. wins. Hey, right. they beat a, a highly ranked Michigan State team. Brom was the quarterback, and, and Brom had some big wins under center at Louisville uh, while he was there. I, I, I seem to recall maybe a, a win over Tennessee and. You know, just just some some big games that that uh, you know we were we were on campus together at the same time. <laughs> you probably uh, tutored him a little on, bit, huh? So maybe maybe reunited here. We'll, well my, see. you know, whoa, whoa, hello. One of the things that I was talking about was, or thinking about today was also, you know, um, what what kind of stinks as a player though is if Brom leaves, and the and and more went to to Purdue. Just because of Brom, and now he's going to be stuck at West Lafayette. And I, I really wish they put a new rule in that, that you know, if your coach leaves, that you have a chance to to relook at where where you want to go. You know, I, I hate I hate that rule. 
Well, I hate that rule, but here's a rule I hate even more, Blair, and I don't know how you fix it, and I've thought about how you fix it because Louisville's been on the other end of this where our coach has been recruited during this season. Mm -hmm. You know, here you got Purdue kids who have started working uh, in January of of this year to get ready for this season, and now they're answering questions today about, hey, is your coach leaving? What do you think about the rumors about Louisville coming after your coach? And, hey, it's November. These kids are playing for a bowl game, right. and, and a lot is on the line still for Purdue football. And, and Louisville, basically, they're playing for pride. Right. That's it. So it's easy for them to say, hey, we're, we're, we're without a coach, and we're beginning this process. But for Purdue, it's not really fair. And I don't know what the NCAA can do to say there's nothing they could do to say those questions are going to come. Right. Coach Brom, what do you, what's this about the Louisville job? Right. And, and he did address that today, and he didn't – if I was a Purdue <laughs> fan, I wouldn't be overly <laughs> right. I wouldn't put a whole lot of stake in what he said. Well, and you know, sometimes guys use that to their advantage too by trying to get more money where they're at too. You know, sure. So, uh, it's it's a it's a money game. Well, and that's that's the other thing I was going to talk to you, Blair. How much of it the we've heard some other names uh, from Louisville today uh, rumored. I heard uh, Lane Kiffin, uh, which really hadn't really even crossed my mind. Right. That's an intriguing – he's fun offensively. Right. He has the ability to recruit. Uh, he, he's pretty fun to, <laughs> to watch from the outside yeah. looking in. He, he doesn't hold his, he, his cards real close to the vest. He, he kind of <laughs> lets her fly, yeah. Uh, and then the, the rumor mill about Charlie Strong as, as a possible candidate. I don't know. You just brought back a former coach, right. and that didn't work out well. Do you bring back another one? Are they dropping these names? To say, hey, Coach Brom, we, can go we love you, else. we're interested right. in you, but you're not the only fish in the sea. I, I wondered how much of these other names that were, and even an assistant coach or two I heard mentioned. Well, and then I heard uh, earlier this morning, Les Miles' his name kicked around too. You know, Coach Miles is a Michigan man, and, uh, you know, and he had success out at LSU as well. So, um, you know, I, I would like to think that he knows a little bit about coaching football too. So, um, I don't know. We'll see what happens. It'll be interesting. You know, the good news is somebody's going somebody good's going to want to come to Louisville and that might not have been the case 10 years ago 12 15 Absolutely. years ago you know so uh, if you're a Louisville fan I think you'd be excited about the fact whoever they get is going to be a good coach and I think that they'll take you know I was shocked that they ever brought him back to the, back Pacino to begin with I thought it was a horrible not a horrible hire but from the from the ethical standpoint I, I wasn't a big fan and um, so now they have a chance to maybe go get it right and, and, and see how it's done but they're 14 million dollars in the negative right now so well <laughs> Yeah, you know from the uh, Tom Crean era, right, right. There are uh, boosters who are willing to contribute <laughs> right, to that. Yeah. So Papa John might have gave some money. Uh, he he know, might right? have. Who knows? With with the way that all <laughs> unfolded, uh, I w- I did want to read Blair uh, a couple quotes from uh, Brahms' radio show uh, about the possibility of Louisville. They, of course, he was asked about it. He's going to be asked about it for the next couple weeks. Right. Uh, it's just part of life. I, I remember when John L. Smith was hired by Michigan State, uh, the kids were finding out on the sideline that right. he had already taken the job of a bowl game. Right. Uh, how distracting is that to find out your coach is leaving while you're physically playing a football game? Well, happened so, last year with Scott Frost, too, at, at UCF. Remember, that he went, told me he right. was going to be But he stayed and coached through the bowl game, which I thought was pretty impressive. Yeah, so Brom says, uh, a quote from Brom today, he said, I've heard the noise just like everyone. Unfortunately, it's important for me to not comment on any speculation. Right now I have a job and we've got work to do. We're going to put forth the effort to do that. We have a tough opponent this week. Then we have to go to IU. We're going to have to play well. We have to play much better than we did last week. I'm going to stay focused on that. I'm very appreciative of the job I have right now. Of course, the two jur- two words that jump out at me right are, are the right now. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, and the uh, comment on any speculation, you know, I, I've heard coaches in the past say, I'm not interested in any other job. Right. <laughs> you, you can certainly give a more definitive quote than right. that. Uh, but he didn't. He didn't slam the door shut, certainly. I, I think it's almost like – uh, Louisville saying, hey, we got some candidates we're interested in, and, and it's almost like that girl you like across the room sending signals back. <laughs> like, well, I, if, if, if that candidate was in, you were in, if I was one of those candidates, I'd be willing to listen. Right. So that, that's kind of what I'm hearing in that. Uh-huh. 
and maybe speculation on my part. But anyway, I, my heart goes out to Purdue fans. I, you know, there's a side of me that hopes that at the end of this you get to retain your coach, and I want to see what more can do for another two years at West Lafayette. I think Coach Brom is the real deal. I, I, just the other side of me as a Louisville fan, I just don't know are there, how many more opportunities are there going to be to get the hometown boy to come home uh, and, and to coach his alma mater. So we'll see how it all plays out. It's fun to talk about from a sports. Uh, you wouldn't want any better weekend uh, right. from a headline standpoint uh, to be talking about sports and the possibility of uh, uh, Louisville shoplifting a coach uh, from <laughs> from Purdue. That sure adds to that rivalry right. uh, that, that Coach Painter has kind of mm-hmm. – they've played each other in basketball for the past few years, and that's been a pretty fun thing to watch. And uh, it certainly will add to the uh, the intensity of, of that. For sure. So that'll be fun. Anyway, we any predictions about – I know we got games this weekend, but who's going to take the – is this going to be a, a distraction? I mean, if I was picking Friday – before Petrino's fired, before all this happens, I'm picking Purdue to beat IU, even in Bloomington, to to get the bucket. Yeah, Any I mean, thoughts? well, you know, Indiana has to go play Michigan this weekend, and then they play Purdue the following weekend. So I think that it's going to be – I think it's really going to depend on how it, how Saturday turns out for them. I mean, if, if Indiana plays Michigan decent – then I, I could see them possibly knocking off knocking off the boilers, but if, if they go up and just get destroyed, it's going to be hard to get back up to, for for that game. And and uh, I, I know before the Minnesota game, I thought there's no way Indiana could beat Purdue, but after the Minnesota game, I, I don't know. It's going to be closer than you think. I think. Absolutely, I think it'll be a war back and forth. Hey, maybe it'll come down to the kicking game. <laughs> I probably will come down to the kicking game, George. Everything comes down to the kicking game. Yeah, you know? all about the kicking game, uh, man. It, it, this is a great time of year to be a sports fan. For all our listeners, uh, just want to remind everybody that, of course, after tonight's game, we got Monday Night Football and uh, a busy week of sports. Uh, we got IU basketball Wednesday night, Blair. 2-0. The Hoosiers, the 2-0 Hoosiers taking on Marquette. Uh, That'd be 8, a good game. 8.30. Early, good early test. On WSLM 97.9 FM. And then Thursday, the, these boilers that have taken up so much of our time tonight talking about, they take on App State at 5 o'clock on 97.9 FM. So we'll hear about uh, Coach Painter. And then high school basketball is in full swing. The Eastern Lady Musketeers Friday night take on Borden. The varsity matchup starts at 7.30. Uh, and I tell you, the Lady Musketeers didn't perform real well at, at Ramsey against North Harrison, and uh, I don't think that's going to bode well for the Lady Braves of Borden. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it was surprised, that game surprised me a little bit. You know, I really thought – but it, it goes down – you know, and we talked about it when the girls were here. You know, it goes down that, that North Harrison right now has that same aura around them like Brownstown football does, you know. And, and um, you know, even though – you know, even though Pekin's girls that have been to – or Eastern's girls, sorry – have been to uh, the state title, you know, North Harrison's been there – was there twice and, and moved up a class, and and uh, which I think is horrible. You know, you go to – you lose twice, and they bump you up a class. You know, they didn't win anything when they got there, and they got moved up. And, um, I mean, I'm glad they did for Salem's sake because we probably wouldn't have won a sectional last year had North Harrison been in our, been in our sectional. But um, I, I just think that uh, – you know, when the girls went down to, to, to North Harrison, they ran into that, oh, we're playing North Harrison again. Yeah, and I was thinking about that earlier, Blair. We didn't really make any predictions about girls' basketball, but I, I'm, I'm ready to predict. I, I'm going to go on the record tonight. Uh, mark it down on this okay. date. Well, here we go. Salem will win the Mid-Southern Conference girls. I, I like that. I'm calling it regular season champions this year. I, I, I think – I think I like the matchup with Letty Nice and Hatton. And, and Hatton. I think, and, and, and I think this year uh, Salem's better at the at every position. I think finally graduation catches up with North, right. and and I think uh, this is the year, Coach Hickey. Uh, I, I I don't know. I'm not going to predict this much, but Salem's girls are going to make a run at undefeated. I, I know they got a, a pretty, I mean, yeah. pretty tough holiday tournament to compete in that's going to really test them and challenge them. At and, Jeffersonville is going to be tough. And they've added some regular season opponents that are that have really toughened the schedule. But 
I also know they beefed up their summer schedule, and they right. wanted to make sure that they knew what it was going to be like when they stepped on the court against the Jeffersonville. So, uh, I mean, you know, the thing that's impressive to me with that group is they've, they've held their opponents 37, 37, 33, and and eight or 16, 16. you know. <laughs> so, um, not only – I mean, they, everyone knows they can score. It's now they're playing a little defense too, and, and when you do that, it's uh, – it's a wicked combination. I, uh, the Jennings game there tonight. Jennings had knocked off Scottsburg earlier in the week, and uh, there was there was a couple of just spurts where we scored nine points, you know, just like that. And um, you know, we, we got hot at the three point line, and it's dangerous when you have that many girls that can 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 dock it down from three. And uh, the the press was was really haunting Jennings County, and um, you know they, they've already knocked off two four A opponents in the first four weeks of the, or four, first four games of the season. So um, pretty. Pretty good start. Pretty good start. Yeah, they're two and zero in the Hoosier Hills Conference. Yeah, that's what I saw the other day. Someone said we're, they're leading the Mid Southern Conference and the Hoosier Hill Conference right now. So pretty good. Pretty good gig. So yeah, it would, be, it would be nice to be Coach Hickey right now. Yeah, and that's the thing about high school basketball. You think the the good, the average to good programs, Blair, have one or two, maybe three, good to above average players, but. You know Salem is is loaded. I mean, right. where, how do you really defend them? I, I mean, maybe you can put your best player to stop one of Salem's best players, or maybe you got two good players that could guard two of Salem's best players. But you're still going to have to account for Letty Nice and and, and Mackenzie Underwood. Right. I mean, how do you? And you know, I was thinking in my mind today, if I was going to try to defend them, what would I do? I, I just don't know how you. Pick your poison. I, w- I would say if I was coaching against Coach Hickey right now, I would say, Mackenzie Underwood, uh, Letty Nice, you've got to beat me. Right. I'm going to take the ball out of uh, Leah Miller's hands. Not let Hope and, shoot. And I'm going to not let Hope shoot. And I want to say, okay, Letty, you're going to need to get 30 tonight to beat me. And, right. and Mackenzie, you're going to need to chip in 12 or, or something along those lines right. because I'm just not going to let this poison – Get me. You, you can't press them. <laughs> I don't think you can zone them. Right. Uh, I, I just don't know. I think Hickey's, like you said, it, it's a good time to be Coach Hickey. And, hey, they're 4-0, uh, off to a great start. And, and got they got a game against Madison on the 17th. And then they take on the West Washington Lady Senators a, uh, Senators a week from tomorrow night in that annual Thanksgiving right. week showdown. And that'll be a... That'll be a, a fun game. I don't. I don't know. I, I think for West Washington, they they look at that and say, "Hey, let's go compete." Right. And if we can compete, that'll be a feather in our hat. And right. if we lose, hey, everybody expects us to lose. So. Yeah, I think in last year Salem got off to such a hot start. Uh, West Washington never had a chance to get in that game. And I think if if West Washington can have a have a quick start and and, and stay around, I said, you know, it's, it just hang around, you know, and hang around, and have a chance to in the fourth quarter, um, try to slow it down. I think that's the thing that you know you have to do against Salem right now is you got to try to slow the game down because you're not going to run with them. And, and um, you know, they want you to press and they want you to get in a hurry on the other end of the court and then throw up throw up uh, silly shots and you're not and, – and more than, you know, McKenzie and Letty are going to probably get every rebound. You're going to get one shot and done. So if you're going to – if you're going to – if I was coaching a team, a team that was playing Salem right now, try to slow it down, you know, mm-hmm. work, the, work the clock, give them – Few fewest amount of shots they can get in the game, um, but it's a lot. It's a lot easier said than done when when you got you, know, you got girls that are just ball hawks all over the floor when on defense. You know Carly Sweeney. We haven't mentioned her yet. You know Carly's she's 100 mile an hour, and, and and that's what you know. You have Carly who can slash the basket. You have Mac who can slash the basket. Letty's just a force. Hope Hope's gonna knock down everything she shoots, and and, and Leah can do it all. You know, and 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 really we're playing. Uh, we've played three freshmen a lot this last these first couple games, and uh, the Rats girl. And 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 uh, Christy's daughter Natalie Knoll and and Macy the other Tomlinson. So you know we could just reload and reload. So um, it, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see how it works. And, and I think you know there's some big games coming up. You know the Salem plays West Washington and, and Eastern and back to back. So that'll be a, a big week for the county. Yeah. Before we move on too much from uh, Eastern Blair, you know they lost 48 to 21 at North. And they opened the year with a win at Crawford County. They're when they're one and one. They they start a little slower schedule wise than the other schools, only right. having played two games right now. The Lady Senators are are off to like a six and one. They right. played, played seven games, so right. uh, you know nobody's jumping ship on the Lady Musketeers. They they held North Harrison to forty eight points, right? Which I thought I probably is a few more points than Coach McBride would like to give up defensively, but. 
you know, he always you know, feels like if he can keep a team to 40 or below, uh, he's going to have a chance to win. So they're still looking for some answers offensively. Uh, 21 points scored against North, and, and a lot of that has to do with, of course, Lily in, in the paint. Right. You know, she she's going to stop. I'm sure uh, Isabel couldn't get things going the way she would like to do. Isabel Claywell, Eastern's talented junior this right. year. So, and, and they're still trying to find some answers offensively. Uh, Coach talked about uh, Kendra Seal stepping up and scoring big for them early against Crawford County and, and just looking for some answers. So you've lost uh, uh, Rachel Stewart and, and Taylor Drury, just to name a couple, over the last few right. years. Both of those girls are playing college basketball and, and uh, even a few others that could have went on to play college ball that decided not to. So I just wanted to say that about the Lady Musketeers. They do play Borden Friday night, and then Saturday they're at Providence. So, you know, that's a sectional foe. Uh, one of those chances to get, you know, they could be off to a 4-1 start. And then on the 21st, they host New Albany. So, you know, we're, we're going to find out a lot about these these teams here in the next uh, week or so. And it's going to be a whole lot of fun as the boys get ready to uh, kick it off. And that's really, I wanted to plug next week's show. We'll be previewing the, the all three boys basketball teams we're going to cram that in an hour and of course the way the schedules flow we're not going to be able to get them in before the season starts but hopefully as the season moves on we'll get the coaches and some players in here and we'll talk about what they got going on and we did have all three coaches uh in or at least coach brown was on the phone and we had right. coach gillum and coach sullivan in uh but uh, we're going to get that as we move through the early part of the season. So those guys can you can hear from them, and you can hear from some of the some of the boy players too. But West Washington, they're they're off to a, a five and one start. Right. Two winnable games this week. They're at Christian Academy tomorrow night, uh, and then they're at Lanesville. Uh, so yeah, potentially handle business could be seven and one going into that lady line. Yeah. So you know, and that's. You know, I, I know that the South Ripley game kind of got away from them at the end. I mean, it's fifty-four forty-six, and um, you know they were kind of disheartened about about having to you know play in the consolation game. But you know they they bounced back, and you know they put up you know sixty-nine, sixty-two, seventy-four. I mean, they put up some big numbers offensively themselves, and um, you know they've uh, you know one of the things they talked about was mixing the younger girls in with the older girls, and um, it looks like they're they've they've got things going already early in the year, so. Um, it, it's like, you know, like we said, all, all three teams are going to have a good year this year, and and so far they're they're doing that. Yeah, and I know Maddie had uh, Maddie Bowsman had a little bit of an ankle injury against South Ripley. South Ripley's a top ten two A right. team, so uh, nothing to hang your head about losing by eight points to a top ranked two A team who uh, historically has played in the two A sectional or regional at Paoli. So right. uh, to me, that was a a tournament type game really really measure and see where you're at early in the year and uh, i know coach russell is very pleased with where his team is at coming out of the gate and it's going to be fun to watch uh this this young team even you know they came in here with their two seniors right so uh they're they're very young as well so we we got all three programs are very good this year and all three are very young so (laughs) we're gonna have some fun times if you're you haven't checked out girls basketball in washington county I just invite you to do that. Go check these these young ladies out. Not only have they worked hard in the off season to get ready for this year, these young ladies have been playing and playing yeah. since. You know, I, I I can attest to that. I watched right. them. Right. You know, I mean, I remember I coached a summer team one year, and, and little Hattie Griffiths was on that team, and uh, she was a fourth grader playing with uh, <laughs> seventh and eighth graders. Right. She wanted to get better better's. herself, right. and and you know, I mean that that's the kind of stuff that. That's why these these teams are are where they are because the coaches and the players work so hard, and uh, they deserve you to come out and support them. So I know that Wednesday night Thanksgiving Eve game is going to be packed because right. it always is. Always one of my it's favorite awesome. games. Yeah, because you always get to see uh, kids who graduated in the past, and, and you get to see the the current students. And it's usually a competitive game, and I know the fans will be there. But but make your way out Tuesday night too to watch that girls. County, yeah, I always, always loved. You know, you have Borden Pekin, Borden Eastern. Sorry, and and, and you know that, and that's always fun. 
you know, and it's always a great game. And then I always tried to hit, if I could, a Scottsburg, Austin, you know, big fan of that rivalry too. And then the Salem, Salem, uh, West Washington rivalry. And, you know, I've always had a, I've always had a, a little saying that the turkey tastes a little better after a Salem victory, um, you know, on that Wednesday night. So, um, Hopefully that you know we'll see what happens with that and um, but I think you know it's just, it, it is a great atmosphere you know I I, I brought a couple of college friends of mine back uh, when I was in college just to watch that um, and you know they said you know this is nothing like what we have and, and they were from they're from Michigan and New Jersey and they said this is a totally different deal than than what we're used to and and you know I think sometimes we take it for granted that it's it's uh, something really special. It's uh, it's fun times. Like I said, it's one of my favorite. I always uh, made sure on the Wednesday night I, w- I was at the Salem-West-Washington game and I had the fortunate with my schedule. I didn't get to see the girls' game because of that Borden Eastern game played right, on Tuesday right. night. So, But, like, it, it, there again in Pekin or Borden, wherever that game's played at, it's always packed. It's always a, a great – because everybody's optimistic your first game right. out. So, uh Usually it's a very competitive game on, on all ends. So looking pretty physical to that. game too. Usually on that yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, big weekend in the NFL, player and college football. The Hoosiers had a big win, uh, beat Maryland. One, that, one went away. Whew. Are, are, are they going to be bowl eligible? No. <laughs> big win. <laughs> no, they're not. I mean, they're not going to be next week. Or they're gonna, you know, Saturday they're gonna they open up the I think the line was twenty six and a half underdogs going into the Michigan game, and uh, you know I don't know I, I think that the Purdue game is a toss up maybe I'm maybe I'm being optimistic as a Hoosier but um, I, I don't think they're gonna be bulged. I really don't. You don't think so? I I really think the uh, distraction could be. Yeah, you're okay. I'm with you. I think the Brom distraction is going to help IU. Okay. Uh, I, yeah, I could see them getting getting that game. But it could be like his last hurrah, too, you know. It could be. I mean, by then, you'll see where things are. Or, right. Uh, what's Purdue's record? Uh, they've won five, right? Are they won five? We'll check on that and let you know. Uh, but but we had the, the big win by IU there on campus. Uh, Maryland, Maryland is, I don't know, they're hard to figure out. But so are the, who is the Hoosier team. You know, I watched that team. Uh and we talked about it early in the year. Sometimes they they get wins that they shouldn't. They stay with teams that they shouldn't stay with, and and then they'll like a game like that. They they look like they were going to put the throttle down right. and, and and pull away from Maryland, but uh, here they come. You know, Purdue sitting at five and five. Uh, so both teams are probably going to need that. Right. Uh, well, and I think you know um, what was. The guy at uh, Minnesota's name PJ or the Fleck Fleck right? Uh, he, you know, he was he was a hot commodity a couple of years ago when he went to Minnesota. Scott Frost was a hot commodity when he went to Nebraska this year, and then neither one of those have turned out the way they wanted it to turn out. You know, so when I mean, we talk about Coach Brom, you know, he's had more success than what the two hot the other two hot shoes and and uh, the Big Ten have had. And and I think um, you know I, I don't know I, I, it'll be interesting to see. I'm headed up to Ann Arbor Saturday. I'm um, taking my son up to his first Michigan game, so it's supposed to be uh, listen to this. It's supposed to be high of 33. And four to five inches of snow. So, it doesn't get any better than that, does it? So, are you wearing khaki pants? And- <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Michigan. I got, I got the Michigan sweatshirt and the Michigan hat. And, no, I'm going to be bundled up. I'm going to be – I might have three jackets on. I, I can't handle the I'm an old man. I can't handle the cold anymore. So, how much fun is that game going to be? It's for the traveling trophy. Both teams, I expect – you know, I know Wisconsin travels to Purdue. Right. But I, I got to think – if I'm predicting a winner yeah. there, I'm I'm going to pick the Badgers. Right. I, I got to, you know, if if somehow Purdue wins that game, they will already be right. eligible. But if they lose that last game of the season. Sets it up, doesn't it's it? It's going to be for the bucket. All right. It's going to be for bowl eligibility. And I'll be watching the Michigan-Ohio State game. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> no, I'm just <laughs> Hey, remember that. Remember that, Greg. Uh, Blair will say, hey, I need, need tickets here to uh, see Purdue and I. No, I'm, I'm just gonna teasing. I'm going to be lobbying Greg and Ricky for some Purdue IU okay. tickets that week. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. And hopefully, I hope it turns out that way. I hope Indiana doesn't beat Michigan, and I hope Wisconsin uh, beats Purdue, and then it comes <laughs> with a fight. You know, you have a chance to, to be Bill Walsh. But, I mean, well, that's great great for ratings, man. That's, that's good stuff. we got to talk about this sometime, though. we gotta, we got to dedicate a segment of our show 
I mean, I think about being an IU fan and a Michigan fan. I, I try to equate <laughs> that in my mind to being like, I'm a Louisville fan, but I'm also a Duke fan. It just I, I don't know how you, it turns my stomach. There's only one game of the year I ever would possibly root for Duke. And yeah. that's if they're playing another team that wears blue and white and uh-huh. has the same initials right. in their name. Mm-hmm. But I, I could never see myself liking both. Uh, so I, I'm gonna. We don't have time tonight to really dissect that and <laughs> get in your head there, Blair. To get that out. But, uh, I don't know. I would get it if it's from a different conference. Right. Uh, but the whole same conference dynamic. What do you do when they play each other? Well, like, like Saturday. How is there an inner conflict going on, or is it all Michigan? It's all Michigan. I, okay. I'm a I'm a Michigan football guy. But I'm an Indiana basketball guy, yeah. and, and I, so it's more so in basketball that that's weird. Because when I was a kid, I was when I was a kid, I was the Fab Five. Fab Five was my team, so I was Indiana all the way up until Mr. Rose and Mr. Weber, Mr. Howard, you know, Jimmy King uh, and Ray Jackson showed up on campus, and I was like, oh. I like these guys now, you know. So, and all my friends were IU fans, so I was just kind of like to be that guy that was kind of like, eh, I kind of like Michigan too, you know. Now I can relate to that. Now, for as a sports fan, you know, in those early '90s when when Louisville got beat, you know, there were, oh, I so wanted to see one of those Fab Five teams play against Felton Spencer, and right. you know, we got beat by Ball State early <laughs> one of those tournaments, yeah. like fifty-two to fifty, and Ray we, we never got our shot. Uh, to play against uh, the Fab Five there in, in the tournament, but so when Louisville would get beat, I would certainly uh, put a rooting interest in, in right. say the Fab Five because I love it. Chris Weber was my right. you know growing up on the the basketball court at, at the playground. I wanted to be James Worthy, uh-huh. or pretended to be, but then it was C Webb. You know, right. I, I loved the way he played the the big forward spot and uh, with the ball in his hand. So I would root for them. You certainly being from Louisville, the inner city kid, you know, mm-hmm. I, I root for them versus the, the rich kids from right. Duke. Right. You know, yeah, I, mean, I just right. naturally would pull for, for Michigan because that was more my roots. Uh-huh. Went to central high school and things like that. So, uh, and then later when, you know, of course, when Patino was at Kentucky and, and uh, Leitner hit the shot, I know it's, it's blasphemous to say because <laughs> nobody likes Christian. Leitner. Right, right, right. Everybody hates Leitner, but I, I tell you, I, I loved him when he hit that, when, when, Nine for nine went to ten for ten, and that shot went through the, the hoop. I tell you, Blair, one of my favorite UK loss memories was turning on the post game show and hearing Coach Patino in pain <laughs> saying how he should have put a man on the ball. Right, <laughs> I should have put a man on the ball, K Wood. Well, if you remember that that was uh, that team was, I mean that that was the uh, what do they what do they call those that group? Not the comeback, not the comeback. The unforgettable. Yeah, the unforgettables. Yeah, so I mean those guys were. Everything, and I was I was a young young lad at that time, and and uh, you know I, I didn't like Kentucky, but there was guys on that team I liked. I mean, I was a Reggie Farmer guy. I liked him, you know. And, I, and you shouldn't have told me that. I was I was a Farmer guy. Now he's got a little trouble. We won't talk about that, but I, I liked him. And, and then uh, and then there was another guy on the team that could just flat out dunk. It was all he could just he he could. He, not, I can tell you all of them. I, yeah, I, I mean, it wasn't Pelfrey. It wasn't Pelfrey. Feldhouse, Pelfrey, Farmer. It was uh, a guard. That was, he had ridiculous, ridiculous vertical. But anyway, I, uh, you know, I remember being on the phone with one of my best friends. Like they, they pulled it off. Can you believe they pulled this off? And then all of a sudden, just boom. And I mean, it was as well as memories you never forget as a as a sports fan. That where were you? Where were you when Lainer hit the shot? You know. So yeah, it was. Uh, you know, we didn't we didn't shed too many tears for that one though. I tell you, I, I didn't want to physically hurt Richie Farmer. I don't have that gene in me where I want to physically hurt anybody. But me and my friends tried to concoct a scheme where we would find him, jump him, hold him down, and one of us would shave off that mustache. That, that Great stash. Get rid of the stash. Great it, stash. It's just the hardest thing in the world to watch. And he never missed a three-pointer against no. Louisville ever. It's like, oh, it, th- there are guys like that in that rivalry. Uh, Scott Paget, you know, it's right. like that guy could have been on the bus at the hotel and threw up a three and it would have went in. It's like, <laughs> I'm so glad when you see those kids graduate because, uh, but but that's fun. A friend of mine always razzes me. He's a Kentucky fan. He says, I think you enjoy watching Kentucky lose more than you enjoy watching Louisville win. And, and uh, when, when the Cats lost a, a week or two ago to Georgia in football, 
I, I think that may have been true. I was so relieved that they weren't going to be playing in the SEC championship, Blair. And I don't know why that's in me, because uh, it would have been neat to see how they stacked up against Alabama. But then to see them lose against uh, Tennessee, Tennessee it, 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 taking my allegiance to Louisville out of this, as a real legitimate college football fan, is the SEC East down a little bit? We yeah. were we were talking about how up it was, right. but can we look at it now? And yeah. I guess we'll get the answer to that when we see Georgia play Alabama right. here in a right. couple of weeks. But for for me, where I sit right now, maybe the SEC East isn't what we thought it was. I think the whole SEC is down. Well, with. Can we throw in a caveat except for yeah, Alabama? Right. Well, yeah. I haven't seen anything to make me doubt them no. being the best team in the country. No, for sure. I mean, they shut everybody. Like, last three games have been shutouts, and I mean, you, you shut anybody out in the SEC, you're, you're, that's pretty good stuff. So it, uh, we'll see what happens. But you know, again, though, I mean, the way the playoff system is now, you got to play two games back to back, and you better be good in both. You can't have an off night. I tell you, and that's another subject I want to get into here. Not but like, again tonight; we don't have time. But uh, when you see what Purdue did to Ohio State earlier this year, college football—you know, five, ten years ago—that would have never happened. Right. A regular season upset with an outmatch. I mean, if they play ten times, Blair, right. Ohio State wins nine of those. Right. Purdue got the one. But we're seeing that more and more now. Yeah. You know, the Akron's a few years ago that that beat Michigan at Ann Arbor. Right. So that's why I bring that up again. I lobby or, or, or App State, <laughs> App State, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But uh, that's why I lobby for at least a deeper playoff for football. Right. Well, I, I was saw you know two teams in the SEC this week play the Citadel and Rice. Right. I mean, do we need to play that week? Really? You know, if you're if you're if you're playing this week in the in the year, Citadel and Rice, let's make this a week of the tournament. Let's go ahead and start it. You know, and and moving on from now, we can take the top ten teams, take the top twelve teams, and, and let's go. You know, and um and, and I think that you know, you know, think about Indiana playing when they played in Ohio State. In la, you know, two of the last three years that you know Indiana gave Ohio State everything they wanted. You know, and uh, Indiana should have beat Michigan a year ago. I mean, a year ago, Indiana went to Michigan to overtime, you know, and, and nobody thought that would happen. And, and so, um, you know, it would make it would make the college game tremendous, I think, for football. And I get it. I, I understand the argument. You know, it's, a, it's a grind on the body. and But, I mean, if you're going to throw in a, a joke game like against the Citadel or against uh, Rice, you, gotta, you, you can move this up a week, you know. Sure, there's things you can do. You don't need necessarily, if you expand it, the playoff right. to 16 games. Do away with the championship games. Right. Just declare every conference champion gets gets in. Right. And, the, and then you have this system to select at-large teams. And and I would love to see, you know, maybe a, a Purdue gets in the tournament as an at-large team. And, and you know, they've shown they could knock off a, a Ohio State. Right. So uh, how much fun is that? Because that's what makes the NCAA basketball tournament great, right? right. When, when – uh, or a team Florida like UCF Atlantic University knocks off a, a 15 Florida Atlantic University knocks off a two seed Duke. Right. Everybody's at work going crazy. Right. Like, can you believe this just happened? Now right. we know Florida Atlantic's not going to win an NCAA tournament. Right. Because the best team usually comes out on top at the end of it. But that, that's what makes it fun. And and Purdue is not the best football team in the country, but they beat. Ohio State's back right. in the top four now, right? They, yeah. They've crept back up in there now. So I mean, it's uh, it's just like the team last year who. Uh, what was it? The the had the nun last year for for in college basketball. I mean, they went they went you know to the final four. You know, and who would have thought that group would have would have been able to to make it out? And and so I I, I don't know. I think it's I think it's good stuff to to be able to to, to move forward. And I think um, you know UCF last year was undefeated. Why didn't they get a chance to play? You know Utah a few years back when Utah had Alex Smith, they were undefeated, but they didn't get a chance to play in the, in the title. So um, it, it's uh, it, it's interesting. And 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 I you know I think that when you get a, a mid 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 major, I guess you want to call them, and and they run a table, they should have a chance to at least play. You know, at the very least, I've said it should be like six teams. All right. the, all the Power Five should get in. The Power Five champs should get in. 
and then an at-large team or two. Yeah, I mean, remember what Boise State did, you know, when, yeah, sure. when they played Oklahoma that year and, and how awesome. I mean, that was one of the greatest games I've ever watched, and I was yelling and screaming at my TV, you know, and as a fan, who doesn't want to see that happen? The Statue of Liberty. The Statue of Liberty to win it, you know, and that's <laughs> and then the guy and then the guy proposed to his girlfriend after he scored. That's I mean, right. that's great TV. I mean, that, that, you can't you can't ask, ask for anything any better than that. So um, it'll be it'll be interesting as long as Michigan gets into the playoffs. I'm I'm good to go. So. Hey, before we get off here, just a couple shout-outs, Blair, I wanted to do. Shout-out to Coach Wade Tomlinson with, with the Salem Lady Lions. He was inducted into the Lipscomb Hall of Fame this past weekend. We want to say congratulations to Coach. Uh, I always tell people that dude has forgotten more about girls basketball <laughs> or basketball in general than, than most of us will ever know. And uh, just a great story. Uh, hopefully we can get Coach Tomlinson on sometime to tell us about some of those great stories yeah, with Coach he's, Meyer. And, he's got some good ones. Uh, I, his he's got some really and what basketball was like, and you know when he was growing up, and um, how many shots he used to shoot, and all this right. stuff. And um, it, it's 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 crazy. And, and uh, you know, uh, Coach Hickey now has two Hall of Famers on his staff. You know, uh, uh, Christy Knoll was she's in the Hall of Fame at Marshall, and and now Coach Tomlinson's in the Hall of Fame at. at uh, Lipscomb, that's a pretty cool coaching staff, you know, and and uh, it'll be, you know, and and Wade, when Wade first came back here, I, I was still playing basketball, and I was a senior in high school, and and uh, he was unbelievable. I mean, he, he he nobody nobody around here. Whenever he wanted to take over a game defensively, he could steal the ball from anybody, and he'd pull up from half court, hit a three, and walk back the other day, uh, other way. And he he reminds me, he reminded me of the guy on White Men Can't Jump, you know, uh, <laughs> the the guy that Woody Harrelson played. He, he would show up looking like that, you know, like in a car cardigan sweater pants down to his ankles look like he couldn't play a lick and he's over there warming up you know and stretching and we're like you know who's this guy and all of a sudden because i just drops like 40 on everybody you know so and he's dunking it you're like whoa this guy you know and uh, I, I saw him playing a street ball showdown in louisville remember they had used to have the oh, little street yeah, ball showdown muhammad ali boulevard and uh and uh, uh, Pino Pipes, remember him from mm-hmm. New Albany, and and a couple of the guys from from New Albany was playing against Wade's team, and and uh, Wade was just was just flat out killing him, and there was a, a crowd of people that just you know hovered around because who is this kid taking it to all these local legends, and and uh, and they end up trying to take Wade out, and Wade pulled up, pulled a three at pointer out, and they knocked him to the curb, and as soon as he threw, it was a high arcing shot, and as soon as, he let, as soon as he left his hand, he said number net. And it hit it. he hit it and walked <laughs> off, and they won it. They won a championship, and people went crazy. And it was it was an awesome. It was you know, like I said, he was you know, he was coaching for us at the time, and, and boys, and and man, it was kind of cool to see your coach down there hooping it up like he was. So he's a great person, great guy, and like you said, a great coach. So you know, kudos to him for what for being recognized down there at Lipscomb. And then the other big shout out, Coach Jeremy Lowry with the Paoli Rams. Uh, you know, he he coached many years here right. in, in Lion Country, and. Uh, Man, he came a possession or two away from really doing something special here this year at Paoli, and we want to send him congratulations. You know, he talked about uh, just doing it the Paoli way. That's that's what he's establishing over there, and we want to say congratulations to Coach Lowry. Definitely. You know, him and his mom, Marie, there at McDonald's for years have been a great supporter here on WSLM, and, you know, can't thank them enough because really promoting high school sports here in our area. Right. And – uh it's great to see him doing well over there. Of course, I I root against him whenever he's playing <laughs> my fellows from West Washington, right. but I want him to do well. Other than that, because I I think he's he's again forgotten more about football than George Browning will ever know. And uh, if you ever want to have a, just a great football conversation, sit down with him. And he, you talk about watching somebody perform. I remember going out when Coach Modzinger was a head coach and hanging out at practice and. You know, sometimes Jeremy would would get in that running back position and and run some plays, uh, and uh, he still had it as an older yeah. guy too. So, yeah, uh, for sure, these athletes. And anyway, so we just want to remind you to stay tuned all week for your sports uh, headquarters here at WSLM ninety seven nine FM twelve twenty AM. Keep your dial set on it because uh, if it, if it's nighttime, there's probably going to be a sporting event of some some kind <laughs> on. And during the day. You know, coffee club and uh, swap shop, and and Becky just keeps uh, you informed of everything that's going on here in the county. Let's well, not forget we need our boss, Citizen of the Year. That's right. We haven't mentioned we that. We haven't either. mentioned yeah. that. Uh, so pretty hey. awesome, pretty awesome, and you know, her father won it. Uh, 50 years ago, is that what I read? Yeah, so, you know, pretty, pretty, I, I know that's something she's, you know, it's, it's awesome experience, it's an awesome reward, and I know it's something that's you know, really special to her, knowing that her father had won it as well, and uh, pretty cool that, uh, you know, uh, Becky was able to, to be nominated and, and won Citizen of the Year this year. 
Yeah, and I think what makes her that is she would tell you, oh, she's not deserving of it, but it's that humility and uh, just her hard work ethic that, that really sets her apart. So uh, I, everywhere I go, people say, how does that Becky have a life? She's everywhere doing everything for that radio station. So uh, I say, well, she she pretty much does because she puts it all all she's got into that. So again, thanks for pointing that out, Blair. And just a reminder to keep tuning in. Uh, we're going to be talking about boys basketball next Monday night, making some predictions, going out on a limb. Uh, it'll be fun. So tune in and uh, remember to keep your dial set here on ninety seven nine FM and twelve twenty AM. Have a good night. God bless. You've been listening to Kentuckiana Sports Talk on WSLM, 1220 AM and 97.9 FM. Join us next week for more sports talk about local, regional, and national sports. Be sure to call in on the KST Talk Line at 812-883-3401. And between now and then, tweet your comments and questions to KY in Sports Talk or post them on our Facebook page at Kentuckiana Sports Talk. We'll have a question of the week, polls for you, and all the latest news and interviews with local and regional players and coaches. Join George and Blair next week on Kentuckiana Sports Talk.